Augustus as enemy. The female's heartbeat has increased. Yeah, tell me about it. Identify him. All right, then. If you really want to know, that's the doctor. Five million Cybermen, easy. One doctor. Now you're scared. Live from 1982, where Lala Ward is thinking, if only it had been a real TARDIS, I could have gone back and changed a few things myself. Get ready to pay some alimony, kids. It's Doctor Who Podshot. Pod Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 75. And we're back in a traditional Doctor Who Pachak format, and we've been doing live shows, and it's good to be back in the studio, if you will. And joining me in this podcast is our co-host, James Norton in the Netherlands. Hello. How you doing, James? I'm doing very well, mate. How are you? Very good. good. And. With us also is our Canadian correspondent, uh, Mike Duran. How you doing, Mike? Hey, guys. Hey, Lewis. Hey, James. Uh, good to be on the show. Doing well. It uh, seems like it's been a long time since I was on a regular podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for those, um, well, I, I'm assuming by the time you listen to this episode, you would have known already that we're doing live shows in addition to our regular podcast format. And uh, you can join us every week. We are do, we do a live show the day after a new episode of Doctor Who is transmitted on the BBC. So uh, that equates to Sundays, and we have been doing it at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time um, in the U.S., and please translate that to your own time zone. And we may shift that around just to get more people involved and alternate it, but so far it's been 1 p.m. Uh, if we do have a change, that will be on our website. So please go to podshock.net or the Gallifrey Embassy org and um, check out the article about our live uh, show. We also have a forum thread about it too. There are different ways to connect. We use talkshoe.com to do the live show and there's information there as well. And you can basically listen live to the show or you can participate while you're listening as well. So you could um, join in into the discussion and be directly involved in the podcast. And, um, if you choose not to, you still the live raw version will be available uh, within 30 minutes of it being recorded, so you can listen to it, um, you know, immediately after watching the new episode. You don't have to wait for the long post production process that often happens with our episodes. I, I also just want to make a an announcement as well because we're this is episode 75, and we promised way back that in episode 70 we'd be choosing. The uh, we'll be picking our favorites of the submitted promos, uh, the Doctor Who Pachak promos that have been submitted to us. Uh, we have gotten quite a few of them in, and they've all been fantastic. And it's going to be going to be a difficult choice to kind of pick our favorites. Uh, the reason why it's been such a long delay is that we wanted to do that with the three of us, Ken, 
James and myself together to choose, mm-hmm. and we just haven't been able to get together in one recording session uh, through you know from beginning to end as of late. There's been a lot of stuff going on outside of the podcast and um, in all our lives, and we just haven't had um, that opportunity. But mm-hmm. suffice it to say, uh, once things kind of settle down, and the three of us obviously Ken is absent today in this recording, so um, when the three of us are back together, we'll. Uh, We'll we'll do a, we'll we'll pick our favorites and uh, announce who's um who, who we will um reward if you will or, or give our token of appreciation with a, a special iPod Mini. Indeed, and we'll also start showcasing all of them, I guess. Uh, yes, yes. We've had some amazing entries, and we'd like to use them all as promos because all of them have been just outstanding, and we're going to have such a difficult job picking a winner, I guess, or. Uh, person who will receive the iPod because uh, I don't know whether it's it's right to say have a winner when it's not really kind of a competition but uh, yeah mm-hmm. so we do apologize for the delay and it's just been sort of um, a roller Crazy. coaster ride once the new series started I, I guess we uh, our timing was a bit off with you know but we didn't know yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you know how it is yeah so um, shall we get to the news we should, we should. Um, the biggest thing that I want to talk about personally is uh, someone who is very, very close to my heart and someone who I grew up watching on television and I'm very sad, sorry, sad to say that it was in Neighbours and anyone in Britain uh, or Australia will know exactly what I'm talking about. This is Kylie Minogue. I fell in love with Kylie Minogue at a very, very young age and she's always been someone who has been an inspiration to me and incredible. So I'm really excited about this rumor going around the net at the moment, which, uh, okay, the main rumor has come from the news of the world. So, of course, it should be taken with a bit of a pinch of salt, as we always say about the main tabloids. But you should, you know, sometimes they do get this information correct. So, um, apparently, a BBC insider has said that Kylie jumped at the chance to be in the show and is really looking forward to acting again. She's flattered to be asked into such a a classic TV show. Uh, The Doctor Who team are delighted that they've got someone as sexy and as high profile as Kylie to ensure they will win the annual ratings battles with uh, with ITV. Um, So I guess that it's no news that Kylie is a, a major Doctor Who fan. There's a whole thread about it in our forums, actually, um, uh, where I think on her latest tour, her showgirl tour, she, uh, w- when she performed the song Can't Get You Out of My Head, she even had dancing uh, Cybermen who eat from the past series, Series 2. Um, well, they were kind of stylized, but they did uh, use the Cybermen voices from Series 2. And also there's loads of images online of her reading Doctor Who books when she's on tour and everything else. So... Um, yeah, it's quite cool and, and really funny, I think, that uh, that she's going to be in Doctor Who. But there's rumor that she's going to be playing kind of like a cyberwoman in this year's uh, Christmas special. Um, but we don't, as I say, I don't know uh, how, um, how highly we can rate the, this news. But I guess one of the things that is interesting about it is that the word on the street is that her stylist 
is really good mates with uh, Russell T Davies, which adds a little bit of credibility to the story, which is something that I guess Mike has more information about than I do. So tell us a little bit about that, Mike. Well, certainly I'd uh, heard from a friend of mine in the UK who actually went to, uh, went to high school, I don't know, uh, or whatever terminology you want to use, with William Baker, and mm-hmm. mentioned that uh, he was a big Doctor Who fan even back then. And uh, he had sent me a link to a picture of, uh, of Kylie with a copy of uh, uh, the book Doctor Who Camera Obscura by Lloyd Rose. If I, can, if I can track that down, I'll get that over to Lewis. Maybe you can put it in the Enhanced podcast. Yeah, that'd so, be awesome. Uh, so yeah, William's been a Doctor Who fan since he was a teenager. And certainly I've heard now that he's, you know, I've heard the, the references to putting it into the stage show. So that, that all sounds quite true of the, the, the Doctor Who background. Uh, I, hope, I hope the story comes true. I think the cyberwoman part might uh, will probably turn out not to be. Uh, but <laughs> I think it could be a lot of fun if uh, if Kylie did uh, get into Doctor Who this or next Christmas. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think it's, I think so. But from what it sounds is that um, you know they're kind of almost putting the final touches to writing the episode, Russell and everything. If it's true, um, just from the, the various news sites about around the web, so. Maybe we'll hear more about this close to the time if some info gets leaked out onto the net or around and about. So Yeah, yeah. well, you'd think that uh, next Christmas special, they're going to be starting to shoot that in, what, about eight weeks? Yeah, I guess so. That's not that far away. Mm. If it is yeah. true. So maybe we'll see some nice pictures online like we did last year with uh, Catherine Tate. Because, uh, come on, if Kylie goes to Cardiff... There can be no denying that people are going to notice that, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess the Cyberwoman thing sort of makes sense since that's what she was... Um, her music video had... Well, I guess it had both cyber, cyber women and men in there, mm. I recall correctly. Yeah, that's right. It was very, very fun. And the dancing was uh, very kind of 60s or sci-fi, you know, from the 50s and 60s, that kind of style, so... Mm-hmm. It was really funny. You should check that out on our forums. If you're in the enhanced um, podcast, I'm sure Lewis will do the honors and uh, sort out a link. But if not, I think you can just go to our forums and then search and just type in Kylie. And the, the forum thread is called uh, Kylie Meets the Cyberman, and it's in general Doctor Who chatter. So mm-hmm. and you'll be able to find it, the video of, her, of that uh, concert there. So. A very somber note, we're sad to report since our last time we, we did our news section here that uh, the, the co-creator of K9, Dave Martin, and longtime Doctor Who writer, has um, passed away. And it's always said when we have to report these you know, news like this, he was um, partnered with uh, Bob, Bark, Bob, yeah, Bob Baker, rather. Bob Barker is a, a, to- a, a, <laughs> it's a game show host, I believe. So <laughs> I don't... I, I didn't mean to confuse the two. Uh, the two of them, they had uh, had a long career working together, and um, they were responsible for uh, the K nine character that's now part of, of Doctor Who, and who has gotten a couple spin off series. And uh, it's, it's sad to learn that that um, he had passed away um, earlier this year from lung cancer. He was seventy two years old. Indeed, very sad news. Um, it seems almost all every couple of months we're reporting on these types of stories, and uh, it's never good um, that someone who works on your fa- or worked on your favourite show on TV 
passes on and uh, it seems that because Doctor Who is such a long-running show now um, you know it's, it's becoming more frequent that, that people are, are passing on uh, who have been in the show so yeah but uh, good to know anyway Thank you yeah. for reporting on that, Lewis. Uh, just a, a quick summary here, and there's, this is uh, posted on Outpost Gallifrey, um, gallifrey1.com. There's a, I believe there's a, a rundown of some of the stories here that he was involved with, the Claws of Axos, the Mutants, the Three Doctors, uh, the Santaran Experiment, the Hand of Fear, the Invisible Enemy, Underworld, Armageddon, and um, the School Reunion, um, I guess, you know, with K-9 returning, and I wonder if this affects the new K9 animated, uh, well, not animated, uh, new K9 CGI series at all. If um, what part he played in that? Yeah, that's a, that series we haven't heard about in about a year now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to other news. Um, I think Mike, you wanted to make a mention that uh, Doctor Who had gotten some some raves in a recent SFX Magazine Reader Awards. That's right. It's the awards from the 2006 SFX Reader Awards. Uh, so this is, I guess, based on material uh, that, that would have been uh, available to people last year. And Doctor Who has uh, come through, uh, Doctor Who slash Torchwood has come through, it looks like, in six different categories, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Doctor Who winning Best TV Series, uh, uh, against competition such as Lost and Life on Mars and Heroes. So some, some pretty uh, stiff competition there for uh, this particular uh, reader award. Uh, vote, again, voted by the readers of the magazine. Uh, David Tennant uh, won for Best TV Actor. Uh, Billy Piper for Best TV Actress. Uh, in terms of individual episodes, uh, Girl in the Fireplace uh, won for uh, best, uh, best Individual Episode of any series. And... Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know who exactly the competition was for this uh, other award, but uh, for Sexiest Man, John Berriman won. Uh, I I guess for 2006, we're looking, that would have been for Torchwood, not for Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, finally, uh, Russell Davis gets the the Hall of Fame award. And that's, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much a sweep of the television categories, uh, of quite a few of the television categories. I mean, they, they, they honor both film and television. And I don't see uh, I don't see any other series coming through in the, the awards that have been reported. Uh, fortunately, my, my subscription copy of the magazine has annoyingly not yet arrived, even though it's supposed to come out on the 11th of April. Uh, so I don't have I don't have all the categories in front of me. Uh, but uh, great to see Doctor Who doing well again in something uh, you know voted by uh, not just by Doctor Who fans, but just by uh, you know sort of uh, general public, fantasy fans, sci-fi fans, whichever. Uh, but uh, a little more recognition for Doctor Who uh, in mm. uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, awesome. So out, out of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 awards listed, Doctor Who um, got the majority of them with um, six of them. That, that's 60% right. 60% isn't bad. There, there were apparently 17 award categories oh, total. Okay. I don't, don't know what seven of them were. Uh, but of the ten that we do have, uh, Do- Doctor Who, I guess, won six or seven uh, yeah. and wasn't yeah, eligible so, uh, for the others. <laughs> a large so. percentage of, you know, of, of the things that it was eligible for, if, if it won, that's terrific. It's really cool. And, so, uh, and yeah. This is the May issue, and it supposedly went on sale on Wednesday, the 11th of April. So 
even though you haven't gotten it yet, um, you can pick it up in newsstands and hopefully you'll get it soon. Yeah. But I mean, um, it just is quite nice because it's a testament to how much the fans are appreciating the show and, and indeed science fiction fans in general must be appreciating the show and uh, it's testament to how much work people put into the show and the passion and the creativity. So um, yeah, complete fair play to them and they, they really deserve the awards. Doctor yeah, Who deserves uh, everything it gets. Yeah, SFX, uh, very uh, science fiction, fantasy magazine, but also very mainstream. And, yeah. and, and, and maybe in a very, only very tiny way, it makes up for Doctor Who not getting any BAFTA nominations uh, for last series, which was a huge disappointment to me uh, this this week or last week when the, when the, the nominations came out. Mm. Yeah, it, so, it, is, it is a bit strange that, I must admit, but um, I don't know why that is, because uh, it sweeped the BAFTAs the previous year, so... I don't know. It's it, it is strange, I think, but um, yeah. whatever. We know how good the show is, I guess, and that's all. That exactly. Until next year. Yeah. Can't win I mean, every just, year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it's just nice that uh, anyway that it shows that that, that the fans do appreciate uh, the show, and not just the fans, but if if it wins in in all those categories, then there must be some people who aren't like us, aren't very you know hardcore fans or whatever, but really do appreciate the show to vote. Uh, you know, it's um, it's pretty cool, pretty incredible. Absolutely. Mm. So I guess that's really all we have for news because everything else, I guess, in recent weeks has just sort of been about the ratings, which are really good, I suppose, um, as ever. I mean, I don't see the point mm. really in talking about them, not unless uh, Doctor Who is in trouble, but the, the ratings still are consistently good and are very high, so there's no problems there. Uh, I guess it's at the moment all of the the main news is regarding the current series, and uh, we don't want to really talk too much about that because there's loads of spoilers and things. Um, but I guess you can hear more about that in our um, live roundtable discussions. So if you want to listen to those podcasts, if you don't mind the spoilers, then that's all good as well. Absolutely. Just a, a quick mention that uh, New Zealand is picking up Series 3, as well, and that's um will be um on Prime TV. That's a New Zealand broadcaster. So just a quick heads up to those in New Zealand or interested in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gonna um go into a break here, and then we're gonna go into our feature segment, which um I believe. <laughs> We have an interview, one of our, um, in, in fact, Mike, it was one of your interviews there with Tom, ah. Mc, Tom McRae from uh, Gallifrey, um, um, what was it, Gallifrey, uh, it was the 18th, 18th, yeah. 18th Amendment of Gallifrey 1. So, <laughs> I know we, we've, we did all your other review, uh, interviews and uh, this one is, um, it's been waiting in the wings, so. We're gonna finalize. We're gonna finish up our reporting on Gallifrey, the Eighteenth Amendment of Gallifrey One, and thank you once again. Um, um, I, I'm just blanking out today. <laughs> you know, for <laughs> it's uh, recording too many podcasts. That's what it is. <laughs> Several in one day. It's never yes. Good. Yes. Um, but anyway, I, I I do thank you for all your efforts in getting these um, interviews together and making yeah, it cheers, possible. Mike. It's yes. it, you really are a star. Not, not a problem. It was, it was a tough job heading out to Los Angeles in the middle of February, but somebody had to do it. Exactly. But oh. uh, maybe we'll all be there next year, and that will be That would great. be fantastic, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. So we shall see. 
watch this space. <laughs> so we'll be right back after these important messages. Mm. Hi, this is Mike Tucker. I'm the visual effects designer on series one and two of Doctor Who, and you're listening to Podshot, presented by Echo Scalifrey. Doctor Who fix to plug that ever gaping hole left by the departure of Doctor Who Podshock and the WhoCast after two hours, then come along to our podcast at http colon slash slash tardispod.podomatic.com. Here at Doctor Who Tardispod we're going to have a variety of different things, we're going to have fan reviews, fan audio, fan roundtables, a lot of views generated content, my own opinions, episode reviews, news, the whole shebang. So come on down to Dot Two Tardis Pod, as I've said, at http colon slash slash tardispod.podomatic.com or come down and have a chat with our forums at http colon slash slash tardispodforum.jconserve.net. Doctor Who Tardis Pod, your one-stop shop for all things Who. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. And now join us as we go back in time to February of this year to the 18th Amendment of Gallifrey, the annual convention by Outpost Gallifrey. And our very own Canadian correspondent, Mike Durin, was there. And he had the honor of, the, of interviewing the writer of Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. And may I add the very handsome Tom McRae. <laughs> Hi, I'm here with uh, Tom McRae, who is the author of Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel from Series 2 of Doctor Who. Uh, we're at uh, the 18th Amendment of Gallifrey 1 in Los Angeles. Uh, hi, Tom. How are you enjoying the convention so far? I'm having a lovely time. Thanks, Michael. Your, your first time over in Los Angeles, or have you been here before? Uh, it's my first time in LA. Um, I, I go to New York quite often um, to see friends and just I love it, but it's the first time I've been here. I haven't seen much of it, but it's, it's sunny when you poke your head out the door. Uh, first obvious question we have, I have is, now so many of the writers uh, for Doctor Who that we've had, certainly that we had in the first series, came from a very fan background, people that, that, people that were around Doctor Who fandom before they wrote for the show. I'm curious what your fan background is, if, how much of a fan you were, and if you were involved in any of that before coming on board to write some scripts. Well, when I was a kid, Doctor Who was my favorite show. And uh, it was a big event thing. When it was on, I got very excited for the whole day. And I'd pull all the curtains and sit in front of the TV. And I really, really, really loved it. And I used to write stories about the Doctor and playing with the Doctor and all the rest of it. Um, I mean, there's no toys or anything to have. But if there were, I probably would have been asking for them. But once it was cancelled and once I um, was older, it wasn't something I really thought about again. Uh, and so I didn't ever get involved with the fandom or really knew anything about it. And it, this has been, this is all new to me now, but I've always really loved it. And that kind of love of it, I've kept all these years. I just hadn't until recently been sort of 
doing anything with that love. You know what I mean? So what, what path did you follow then to, I know you, from, from your other work in television, come along to working on Doctor Who? If it wasn't through that traditional Doctor Who route, uh, did was it something where they came to you, or you approached them, or you knew, you already had some connection with somebody on the production? No, I knew Russell. That was how, and 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 I'd spoken with him over the years about you know if, if he did come back, how would you do it? And we'd sort of talked about our ideas, and you know would you change the Daleks? How would you explain the TV movie and all the rest of it? And so he knew that I liked it, and um, and he just asked me to do it, uh, sort of out of the blue, really, just after the first episode had gone out. And he rang me up and, and said, would you do the Cyberman? And I said, yes. And that's where it all came from. How does Doctor Who differ from the other TV work uh, that you had done before working on Doctor Who? Doctor Who's a lot better than anything I'd worked on before. Um, and since Doctor Who, I've got to do the kind of really good shows that I've always wanted to do. Uh, I, I've worked on some good shows before, actually. I can't write them all off, but not as good as Doctor Who, not as high profile, not such a high sort of talent base. I found, for example, uh, and the script editing is a funny process that you don't have in the States, and I don't know about the Canadian TV, but it's a very English idea, and sometimes it's a really kind of um, difficult process, and sometimes it can be really depressing and demoralising, whereas with Doctor Who, the script editor was fantastic, and the script process, uh, although there was always pictures and ups and downs, was handled very professionally, and uh, you didn't tend to get sort of sent off down lots of dead ends and, you know, sort of misfires. Um, it was something where when you wrote it, you had a sense that everyone was going to be looking at this, that you were working on something that you kept secret, that, you know, you knew things that other people would want to know if they knew that you knew them. I mean, you know, you sort of write some scene with Cybermen and go down to the shops and buy a pint of milk and think, I'm writing this thing about the Cybermen. I was sort of walking around with all this in my head and you had that sense that this, this was going to really excite people when it came out. Um, in a way that there isn't really anything else that, that does that and has that kind of hold on popular imagination in Britain. Is is Doctor Who a program that you feel you can uh, maintain, are you able to maintain ownership, maintain, you know, I guess that, that connection with, with the work you put into it, or is there a point at which uh, you have to stand back, uh, the, the, the final draft is in, wait till it comes on TV, or does that connection stay right through until till the airing? I mean, doing the Cybermen, is, you know, you have to do a Cyberman story. There's 40 years of backstory and, and expectation behind that, which does make it a lot more prescriptive than if you're doing uh, well, really any of the other stories unless they've got Cybermen or Daleks in. And so there's lots of, you know, you can't have the Cybermen do certain things. Well, you could, but then they wouldn't be Cybermen. So you've got to, you, as much as um, it's kind of exciting to, to bring them back, at the same time, you're limited because to bring them back well means that they, they behave in a certain way and we all know roughly what that is. So that was kind of restrictive. And um, other things, well, I mean, if, uh, I'm working on another show now. If I, you know, if we do more Doctor Who, then I would be looking to kind of have, to, to do a less uh, visible hero, uh, villain rather, sorry. Um, I think it, it's it's brilliant doing something as iconic as the Cyberman, but it's also really nice to make up your own things just completely from scratch. Would you like to do another Doctor Who? And can you say if you are? Well, I saw, I, I'm not really sure what, what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. Okay. Um, but but if, if Series 4 is commissioned, then yes, I am doing uh, a story. Or at least I have started on that. I mean, you know, I could buy it and it could all go wrong and it could all be cut. Yeah. So I'm not promising anything. But, but, but if Series 4 goes ahead, then, uh, then yes, I'll, I'll be back for that. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you very much. Thanks.
Thank you, Mike Durin and Tom McRae and Sean Lyon of Outpost Gallifrey and Gallifrey One for making that interview possible. Uh, anytime you do an interview at these conventions, sometimes it's hard to find a quiet space, so we do apologize for any um, audio distortion there. We tried to um, eliminate a lot of the background noise there. Okay, we'll be right back with feedback. Who's smart? Seen trainers works for me. Who likes traveling? I've been around the block a few times. Who has a big heart? Two of those, actually. And someone who can make the time. Ah, now that's my speciality. Doctor Who starts Saturday the 31st of March on BBC One. We need a Time Lord. Martha, you trust me, don't you? Of course I do. Because it all depends on you. I mean it this time! Tell me about it. Ah, ah, ah! Ah! It all took place in the future. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. So, now is time for the fantastic feedback segment. But before we get into it, I must apologize um, for our lack of responding to feedback recently. We've just been completely inundated. We haven't done any feedback, I think, since episode 71 because of just getting on with all of these... um, uh, live recordings with, with some of our listeners, uh, with the reviews, and of course we had Icon as well, so we haven't really been responding to feedback, and I have to apologize for that. So we're hopefully going to get back on track, And uh, but we really do appreciate every single email that you guys send to us, even if we don't have the chance to reply to it in person or um, or mention it on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Please keep sending it in. So, just uh, to start things off, I'm going to start off with the emails, and then I think Lewis eventually will get in with the the voice feedback, the stuff we've received through our um, public call box, and uh, also the stuff through Skype and Gizmo. So, to begin with, here's a short email from a gentleman uh, called Craig, who is up in Canada, in uh, quite close to Mike, I believe. And he says, hi everyone, I just listened to podcast number 72, the live one. It was your best yet. The John Peel interview was very professional and entertaining. Any news section that reports on the confirmation of another series of Doctor Who has my approval. The time constraints made it the most focused and the best one yet. Keep up the good work. Cheers from Canada. So, yeah, cheers for that, mate. Um, Yeah, I guess that uh, we do kind of have long and rambling podcasts, and I think that's what everybody has come to expect of Podshock. But I like to think that it's kind of like a, a conversation, sort of a just 
uh, us down the pub, really. It's not, um, there's no real, uh, we don't try not to limit what we want to say, we just say it, I guess. And in that essence, I guess maybe we do go on for quite some time, but it is good that, um, that you appreciated uh, the time constraints there and keeping everything short and nice and neat. We will try our best in the future, but we're Doctor Who fans. We get so excited mm. about the series and uh, it's very easy to ramble on about all the kind of stuff that's going on in the series, but we try to keep it down. So, uh, But thanks for that, man. It's We do appreciate well, uh, yeah. hearing that you've been enjoying the shows. Absolutely. I, I was just going to mention that uh, with our live shows that we'll be doing now, you know, reviewing each episode on a weekly basis, we've been keeping those roughly to about an hour well it runs a bit a little bit over an hour but you figure an hour 10 at tops really so um if if you're a fan of the shorter shows and uh the the live shows should do you well the first round table discussion um it runs about 90 minutes but those after that uh when i say the first one when we review smith and jones we have we invited various uh other podcast uh, hosts to join our show and that round table did run a little longer because of the scope of that podcast but the others we've been keeping pretty much tighter down to close to an hour yeah i'd like to add uh for what craig said uh the 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 interview with john peel in episode 72 you know uh, episode you know i no, nothing to do with it so i think i'm pretty unbiased and i thought that was an absolutely terrific show the, the interview was really entertaining I, I wouldn't have thought, uh, having seen John Peel at conventions uh, over the years, uh, not, not that he's born at conventions, but I would have thought I would hear anything new uh, that I hadn't heard before, especially when talking mm-hmm. about the old days. And you guys, and I, I'm actually going to single out Ken in particular, just did uh, a terrific job with that interview. It was really yes. entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to Ken. I complimented him as well. I, I really enjoyed the interview as well. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm it was good hearing from John Peel and I, I found it very interesting and fascinating. Hmm. And, and, and Craig, if you're anywhere near, near Toronto, I come up to one of the taverns sometime. Uh, uh, you can, uh, uh, look, look us up, look up the Toronto Doctor Who Tavern online and, uh, come out and uh, meet some of the local Doctor Who fans if you're in the area. Yeah. Cheers, Craig. It's always good. Right then next email. We've had one here from the tin dog and, uh, this is an, relatively new guy to podcasting i guess he's doing his own podcast and um well i'll explain it in the email he says hi guys i can't thank you enough for mentioning my podcast and playing my promo on your show no problem mate it's all good i have had feedback from all over the world thanks to you hearing my promo on podshock make me smile for a day and a half something my girlfriend is very grateful for too anyway as a small thank you i have two files for you that you may have missed One is from the Cult TV podcast. It's a song by the American group called Doctors Back, which I loved. And the other is from the BBC Radio 4 topical satire show, The Now Show, where one man does a comedy song every week. I know you may not get the initial sporting reference, but stick with it for the past past the first 10 seconds. Trust me, it's worth it. Enjoy. And if I can work out what time UK you are recording your roundtable discussions, I'll try and pop in. Keep the blue light flashing, Tin Dog, from the Tin Dog podcast. So, yeah, cheers, mate. Um, we record, I guess, UK time uh, about 6 p.m. on Sunday evenings um, in terms of the, uh, the, the roundtable discussions uh, every week. And we'll be doing that, I guess, um, every day. I don't know. We may change the timing of that just so that we can help with some of our other listeners around the world, maybe in Australia and things who would like to co- uh, contribute to the, the, the show and everything. We're not sure yet, 
But at the moment, the, the timing is uh, Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. UK time uh, because it's 1 p.m. American time, I think the Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, right? Or daylight time, yeah. Or daylight time, yeah. At the moment, it's the summertime. So, but um, so they're f- we're five hours uh, ahead. So yeah, that makes six o'clock and seven o'clock on the continent where I am. Um, yeah. And cheers for the the files, one. I've had a chance to listen to them. Very funny. Um, I don't know whether we'll be able to play them here on the podcast, but uh, it was good to hear from you, man. And uh, I've been listening to the podcast, and it's. It's good stuff. So uh, it, it was a great promo. I really enjoyed that. that yeah, promo it was. That it was really cool. Yeah. And even we've had another email actually about um, the Now Show um, from a guy called Gregory, and he says, "If you haven't heard, there's a little comical tune involving Doctor Who on the BBC Radio's The Now Show. Britain's great musical comedian Mitch Ben sings a short song about hoping that the Doctor Who broadcast won't be cancelled by the football game going into overtime." Because this is, of course, referencing, um, I guess, gridlock, where it was kind of touch and go whether uh, or not, you know, we'd see the episode that week if, in case the football ever ran. Anyway, he says, to hear this, go to iTunes and download the Now Show 13th of April 2007. The song is about six minutes and four seconds into the program. Uh, you'd better hurry since I think they only keep the most recent show available for download. So uh, this one may not be available as of this Friday. So I don't know. Maybe we can shove the song into the podcast. I don't know whether we would get into trouble for that. But um, if not, I'm sure we could maybe put up a link online or something mm. where it uh, is on. Um, we'll, we'll keep you posted about that. I highly recommend the Now Show of those to you who enjoy political and social satire. While it is hard to get many of the jokes... If one is not up to date on the cultural references in the UK, I really enjoy the gags that I do not understand, that I do understand, and it teaches me a lot about the popular British perspective of current news and events. So this is keep up the good work with your podcast. This is from Greg, the once Lord High President of the long defunct Doctor Who fan club of the University of Florida, circa 1983. So, cheers, mate! Awesome stuff as ever. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, kind of a bit of nice email feedback there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis. Yes, we have some voicemails that were sent to us. And, uh, and, and again, uh, in this episode of Dr. Pachak, we're only getting to a few of them. We have accumulated uh, quite a few over the past yeah. um, month or so. So uh, just be patient if we don't get to yours right away. And hopefully we will. We'll get and, to it eventually. Yeah. Same with the emails, I guess. Mm hmm. So uh, first up here, we have uh, who I believe we've had once before, uh, Philip Stern in Illinois. Greetings, Ken Lewis and James. This is Philip Stern in Illinois calling in again. Um, after your pod talk where you were discussing songs with Doctor Who references, I thought I actually would mention an album with a Doctor Who reference. Well, it's not a reference in any song per se, but it has to do with the album cover. Um, it kind of dates me the... Um, Iron Maiden album from 1986 called Somewhere in Time. Um, if you look at the front CD cover, it looks very Blade Runner with members of the band and their, you know, and such. But if you look inside the CD cover or if you have the, the old LP um, record um, and you open up the entire artwork on one, top of one of the buildings is uh, the TARDIS sitting on one of the buildings. And I think that's a particular reference. Um, so I mean they're you know they're a British group you know they you know they, they Doctor Who would be part of their collect, uh, collective consciousness so 
anyway, I hope that adds to the fun and good good work on the podcast and keep it up. Take care. Bye-bye. Hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, yeah it's totally true. Um, it's, uh, of course, I don't know. Uh, I think James is a, is something of an Iron Maiden fan like myself. I am. And, yes, yeah. uh, of course those guys are huge fans of, of all sorts of science fiction, horror and fantasy. And they've, you know, they've had two songs about the prisoner and Dune and all sorts of things. And I actually, I saw once a, a channel four documentary, uh, well, not a documentary, one of those list programs. It was on the top 10 heavy metal bands of all time. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, they like to run all the yeah. time. And I'm pretty sure Iron Maiden was number one. But uh, when they interview Bruce Dickinson, the, the lead singer from Iron Maiden in his home, he has a full-size Dalek sitting behind him in the interview. Really? So, you know that, so you know that he's a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> you don't have one of those if you're not. <laughs> to that note, hold on. I'm just going to my own little um, tumble world. My, I, well, I, I maintain a, a little uh, tumble log. If, if, if you're familiar with that, they just, it's, it's sort of like a, um, a blog, but it's not, it's, it's just something that I can just throw things, uh, things that I find on websites. I can throw them up there for others to kind of check out as well. And uh, one of them is um, Liam Gallagher from OS, the front man of Oasis was, um, this was, um, the Sun newspaper caught him shopping, and he came out of a store holding a um, a TARDIS, a a, um, a a chocolate TARDIS. I'm not familiar with this, but I guess it's sold in England. It, it, so, it, yeah, maybe it was one of the Easter eggs that they seem to have. I don't know because I wasn't in the UK for Easter this time, so I don't know what Doctor Who Easter eggs they had, but maybe something like that. I don't know. Anyway, cool. just uh, since we were talking about music and rock stars that are. Um, into Doctor Who, I thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> so we have another voicemail here. Uh, this one comes from, uh, by the way, this is coming through our public call box, the Podshock public call box. And uh, at, I'll, at the end of the, uh, the feedback section, I'll tell you how to reach that. But this one is um, Jeremy, and Jeremy's in Canada, and this is what Jeremy had to say. Hey guys, this is Jeremy calling from Canada, otherwise known as uh, Teshi on the forum. It's uh, April 1st, and I just finished acquiring uh, the first episode of Season 3 by other means, as we like to say. And I've just finished getting it ready to pop into the DVD player, and got me thinking about piracy. You know, this is something we often uh, talk about, and say is a bad thing, you know, you raise that issue and first thing people say is, oh, you know, you support the BBC, what are you doing? But, you know, I just for a moment I'd like to just stop and uh, say something in defense of piracy, which is something you don't uh, often hear. You know, something to keep in mind is I don't think any of us should feel bad about acquiring these episodes by other means. You know, in the end, we're all going to watch it when it comes on the air anyway. We, we all pay our cable bills. And I think, you know, if you talk to 80% of the people that do acquire these episodes by other means, they're going to be purchasing those DVDs. I mean, I've downloaded lots and lots and lots of Doctor Who-related stuff, but I have a bookshelf full of Doctor Who DVDs. So, um, you know, I don't think I'm going to feel bad about it. You know, I'm going to watch the episode, and I'm going to love it, I'm sure. But... Uh, you know, I don't think it's anything that we should really feel bad about, you know, because 
we're part of that exclusive fan base that actually does give back and show our appreciation, you know, even if we are downloading it. So, you know, enjoy. Thanks. Bye. Wise words there, I think. Mm. I, I think yes, all of our, all of us, all our listeners here, I think, you know, uh, we all purchase the DVDs. We all pay our BBC license fees if you're in the UK. Uh, we all, um, as he said, you know, pay for a cable if you're watching it on cable. And hopefully we'll all support our PBS stations as well. You know, and um, I think I think in the end, it's just um, it just builds momentum, fan momentum and, and, and helps um, th- th- what we do advocate is legal ways of downloading and purchasing um, these episodes, you know, as soon as they come available. I know there's been uh, lots of talk recently that the BBC will be uh, opening up their I think their, their archives up to, so that people can download episodes um, it may be restricted to the UK. I'm not sure, or uh, um, I'm not sure how that's going to work logistically. Uh, we always been advocating that it would be great to get these new Doctor Who stories on um, on, on something like um, iTunes, where they have television shows and you can purchase them as per episode or purchase them by the season or series, if you will. Uh, and that would be great too. I, I would. It doesn't have to be iTunes. It could be something similar to that. Uh, just just so that people have the options of you know purchasing it and without having to you know right away and, and to so they could view it without having to wait you know for the dvds to come out which are sometimes a very long time away but we still buy the dvds the dvds are packed with extra commentary you know different commentaries and other uh extras that obviously you're not going to get any other way so um you know i think we all do our part in uh supporting the series and and supporting the bbc Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, great to hear from Jeremy. I've uh, talked to uh, Teshi. I've, I've, we've talked uh, quite a few times over the, the last few years since since Doctor Who came on CBC, on uh, talking on different forums. And uh, it, it is a really, it is, I, on one level, it's a really complex topic. Uh, but I think he's uh, he's coming at it from the right angle. And it's it's you know it's almost not even fair to uh, in, in my opinion to call downloading. If, if you're downloading something for your own use, piracy, there's nobody's making any profit off of it because that, that would absolutely be wrong if you were taking something that belonged to somebody yeah. else and mm-hmm. sold it. Uh, to me, for me, it's very much the same as uh, the Time late shifting. 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. The late 80s, uh, when, when it comes to Doctor Who, I had somebody in, uh, in the UK tape them and send them over to me and I had them converted and exactly, then I watched them. Yeah. And uh, ethically and morally... It, it feels the same to me. It's the technology that's different. Yeah. There are other things with the technology that uh, that, that that I think would be a problem if uh, if somebody's making a profit or you're you're copying uh, uh, sort of say splitting you know, the big finish audios or the, that sort of material to put in into Doctor Who that that I think it isn't uh, it isn't quite as innocent. But downloading yeah. Doctor Who and watching it that's uh, that's what fans of North America have been doing for 25 years. Uh, it's only the technology that changes. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. and I just implied before it's sort of like time shifting. We're we're buying the DVD anyway. We're yeah. we're just getting a preview of it before we actually you know have the physical DVD in our hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I got to say I don't know anybody of, of my friends locally who don't watch Doctor Who when it when it then later when it comes on CBC even if they've already seen it uh, through through a download or through whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they still watch the CBC. They still you know see the commercials and. Uh, it, 
there is no harm. It does that aspect of it seems pretty victimless to me. Yeah, yeah. So why feel shouldn't feel guilty about that at all? Yeah, I'm sure that there are very few people out there who do. (laughs) To be honest. Well, I mean, if if you're one of the very very few percentages that, that that perhaps are just downloading it without you know, buying them or, or watching them later or, or doing anything else, then maybe you should feel guilty. But I think the vast majority of our listeners are are doing everything that they can. Um, you know, they're, they're buying the DVDs, they're, they're watching them as, you know, when they're on the, their respective networks and, um, and supporting the show. Mm. Yep. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to do one last bit of uh, feedback here. And this is um, a... a Regular, if you will, to our feedback section. This is uh, Scott in Tulsa. This is Scott750, Scott McCown from Tulsa. I've noticed something now. The original motion for Doctor Who, if I remember right, was supposed to be like a history lesson, which Travelers was set up to be. And maybe John Nathan Turner, or whatever, of course, Russell T. Davis, I mean, it's brain fart. It, Russell T. Davis is gone back to that original notion, and that's why he has so many Earth adventures. Please, please, get away from them. I beg you. Once again, this is D. Scott 750 saying ciao for now. Well, thank you, Scott. We And we're just coming off the heels of uh, another Earthbound story, but, um, you know, I... I I, I think it's good when they do um, when they do get away from the whole Cardiff temporary scene, and they um, if we're going to do some Earthbound stories, at least mix it up with different times and locations. And um, I don't know if if I would be giving anything away to say that the most recent episode that that all three of us have just saw was um, one that takes place in 1930s New York, and um, that was a, a, a refreshing change just to. Get away from you know if you're going to be on Earth, let's just change it around. And um, we had this the Shakespeare Code, which obviously took place in um, when was it the the 1600s? 1599, I think it was. Uh, 16th yeah. century, I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right on the border yeah. there. Yeah, I think that uh, within the, the the sort of the creative framework that they've they've developed for the new series and the financial constraints that they have to deal with as well. Uh, they're finding, I think, as many ways as you can to get away from uh, modern-day Earth, if, if that's what you want. It's not necessarily it's what some fans want. It's not necessarily what everybody wants. Uh, I think that does get overplayed sometimes. But it, when you look at the variety, and, and certainly in, in the third series so far, uh, we've had some great variety. Uh, but, but even in the, the second series as well, lots of... Uh, Lots of historical stories, and I think that's a that's wonderful that we, we we've not had this many historical stories in Doctor Who since the 1960s. They came, yeah, since Hartnell's uh, um, time, probably. Yeah, exactly. And they came, uh, you know, now and then uh, from uh, sort of in the last 20 years or so. You'd, but you'd, I don't think you ever get more than one in a year, and and not even that. So uh, having having moving around inside Earth history, I think, is great, and uh, and even even getting away from the United Kingdom now is, is great as well yeah that's a good point as well yeah. I, I think they're doing the best uh, the best they can within uh, within as i said the creative constraints and the financial constraints and doing a mighty fine job of it too in yeah terms of the design. exactly maybe not the realization as you'll hear from uh, the 
podcast uh, episode, I guess. What, like, it must be like 77 or something? Oh, the, I yeah, don't know. For, for the, uh, the most recent episode, the yes. Yeah, for the, the reviews, because we've kind of mm-hmm. even done a bit of time traveling. Ourselves. The old pod shocking. <laughs> um, this, is, this is a historical podcast right now that we're doing. <laughs> we indeed. Travel, we travel back to episode 75 after recording 77. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's all a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and of course, if you're a long-time listener to Doctor Who Podshock, you know that we're advocates for more Earthworld, Earth-Earth adventures. And, um, you know, but if the reality is that we need to do more, you know, to, that they need to do Earth-bound stories, uh, just mix it up. And so it's not always the same location all the time, you know, and um, different, ti- different times and different locations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree anymore, I think. All right. So, well, I just want to remind everyone how you can send us feedback. And just because we're a bit backlogged in feedback doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. We still want to hear from you. So please send us your feedback. There's various ways you could do so. Our email address for feedback is uh, is obviously feedback at podshock.net. Uh, you can call the, pod, the Podshock public call box at 206-888-4WHO. That's 206 888 Four nine four six, and uh, that's a U.S. Uh, Washington area phone number. So just be aware of that. But if you have, um, you can use um, whatever means at your disposal to call there. Uh, you can also send us feedback using Skype or the Gizmo Project, and both of those addresses are just simply Podshock. And we'd like to hear from you. So um, be sure to. And you, um, oh, I already set our email address. So. Um, so yes, please send us your feedback. Keep them coming. It's all good. So, so I guess that wraps it, everything up. Yeah. Or is that what you were going to say, Lewis? Yes, we're all yeah. thinking in the we're, same vein. I think we're both a little tired from doing two, uh, two podcasts Heavens, back to back. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I'm sorry if that comes across in this podcast, guys, but oh, it's killing me, this. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, James, and thank you, Mike, for... Yeah, thanks, Mike. Cheers. Yeah. Always good to have you on, mate great to take part yeah okay so, so join us see next everyone week. later yeah take care cheers everyone Ta-ra. see ya been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC with the the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Also, just as a reminder, make sure you, if you're interested in joining in our live shows, you can participate on our weekly live shows as we review each new episode of Doctor Who that's transmitted on the BBC the night before every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to check it out. For details, visit our website at podshock.net. 
Aren't you going to say that it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside? Everybody else does.